On March 8, 2022, while returning from an off-roading adventure in Baja, California, Mexico, I was arrested at a military checkpoint when they found my 40 caliber pistol that I had misplaced in my truck. I was arrested. For the next 58 days, my wife and family were manipulated, extorted, and lied to. This podcast is that story. In our last episode, I was sent to solitary confinement, or supposed to be. Supposedly, I had tested positive for tuberculosis. The plan was for me to be in a cell by myself. It didn't start that way. Things changed quickly. I thought it would be interesting to read excerpts from my journal for the four days that I spent solitary confinement. Thursday. Day 17. After lunch of hot dogs and half of Julio's torta, I was called down to the nurse. When I came in, there were four people in here with TB phase three. They moved them to another cell. Now I'm by myself. Time is going very slow. Day 18. Breakfast was potato and beans. I passed. Got up to shower. Took a nap. Got up before lunch to exercise. 60 tricep dips, 100 air squats. Now what? I read more scriptures. It's not easy without glasses. Ate lunch. Asked the guard to get my blood pressure checked. He said 2 p.m., so I'm waiting. I just want to see the sky. I'm not sure if the cell to myself is better. I did 100 wall push-ups. Day 19, Saturday, March 26th. Breakfast was hot dog chunks and scrambled eggs. My family's doing the swap meet for me today. The best time is sleep. The other cells are buzzing already. Me, I'm bumming out. I have to face the reality that this will go on for who knows how long, at least a few weeks more. Being by myself is lonely and all you do is think. My mind goes crazy with possibilities. All of those things to get me out of here but I think it makes it worse. After breakfast, I took a nap to try to make the day shorter. 100 air squats, 100 wall push-ups, 75 tricep dips. The guard came by an hour ago and said he would take me to get my blood pressure checked. Still not here. I won't see the sun today. Sunday, March 27th, day 20. Breakfast at 5 a.m., cream of wheat, half of a mini apple. I ate the apple, three bites of it anyway. I kept the bread for sacrament. I went to bed, woke up, blessed and took the sacrament. Nurse woke me up, asked how I feel. She said she'd sign me out tomorrow afternoon. I asked to go back to 305. I also asked if I could get my personal money on my books. They said I can speak with some tomorrow. This room is like a fly hatchery. The prison band is practicing outside. They're absolutely terrible. Lunch was stew, onions, and chicken bones. I keep thinking I'm getting out somehow. 
but I don't have court date. So that's just false hope. Monday, day 20, dinner was served early. Beans and rice, oh, and tortillas. I wanna use the phone to find out what's going on. Who's this guy and what's he doing to help me? Why is the attorney not come by? I'm guessing it's four o'clock. This sucks. I pray every couple of hours that something will change, but it's no use, just more false hope. I can only hope to go back to cell 305. Tomorrow at least I have someone to talk to. Megan, Andrew, Ronnie, Evan, Theo. I love you guys so much. I'm praying you're feeling my thoughts. I miss my family and my freedom. Monday, March 28th, day 21. Breakfast was some kind of soup. I had a small amount. I laid in bed for about an hour, had to get up. I guess it's about 7 a.m., not sure. I can see the daylight out of a vent in my room. Today I'm supposed to be out of here, hopefully back to 305. It's cramped in there, but it has people. I hate it here. This is so unfair, so corrupt. I need to know who to pay. That's what this comes down to. I dreamt about Megan and home. Went to medical. Primo was there. I begged him to release me. They thought I had TB, so they pulled everyone out of cell 305 and x-rayed all the guys. They must think I'm sick. I got stuck in lockup for about an hour. Last one there was me and some psycho who was fighting people in his head. That was weird. They put paperwork to send me back to 305. Thank God. We'll see how they react to me. Got back to 305 after dinner. Dinner was potatoes disguised as chorizo. Nope. Came back to the room. It was cool. Eddie, Rudy, and Julio were glad to see me. It started raining. The power went out for about 30 minutes. It's like a high school bus full of kids when it goes over a dip. I chilled on Joshua's bunk, read scriptures, watched TV, had half a peanut butter sandwich. I go to bed about midnight each night. They play dominoes all day. Tuesday, March 29th, day 22. Breakfast at 5 a.m., potatoes au gratin. I'll pass. Oh, and beans too. Always beans. Went back to bed at eight o'clock. I have to sleep with a blanket over my head because the hall light is in my eyes and still on the asphalt. Three guys went to court. Polio went, and of the four cops that were there to testify, two died and two retired. So he may go home after three years of waiting for trial. Juan, the guy who had five kilos on his motorcycle, he got 10 years. He's going to go to Longo. That's a prison in the mountains and one person per bed in those cells. Rottweiler went to court today. His next court date is two weeks from now. Rudy saw his lawyer. He's looking at nine years for possession of a stolen truck and introduction of meth. His lawyer's gonna ask the DA if they'll drop the introduction to possession. I doubt they'll do any of that for free. Dinner was hot dog chunks with red sauce and beans. After dinner, we go to medical or medico, as they call it here. I get my blood pressure checked, and Eddie gets a pain pill. 
got back, read my scriptures for a few, then worked out with Joshua and Winnie. Winnie went to court yesterday. He was sentenced four years, eight months. He was on a possession of guns charge too. That doesn't make me any more motivated. I'm trying multiple strategies to get out of here. We'll see what works. Wednesday, March 30th, day 23, 5 a.m. Breakfast was frosted flakes. I'll pass. Went back to bed and woke up at 8 o'clock. Showered, washed clothes, and hung around the cell. Lunch was pasta and chicken. I went to medical, got my blood pressure checked, 130 over 87. It's a little high. It was a hard day. Thinking of back home. Good talk with Primo today. He assured me his connection is the right one to get things done. Went to bed at 12.30 at night. The cell next door was singing until 2 o'clock in the morning. Some Spanish song. Hard night of sleep. Thursday, March 31st. Day 24. Yard day. I got up at 4.30. It's hot. Real hot. I can't sleep. I need to use the bathroom bad, so I got up. Got to the restroom. Toilet clogged. Great. I couldn't go back to sleep. It was so hot and humid. Everyone thinks we're going to yard early. Eddie has court, so he'll miss yard today. We got two hours a week to go to yard and commissary and phone time. We had to wait till after one o'clock to go. When you get out, it's 10 cells at a time. Walk down three flights of stairs, pass the phones, make a left, then run to the store. They limit the amount you can buy. This is what they buy at the commissary. Coke is 15 pesos. A sub sandwich is 20 pesos. A hamburger is 50 pesos. A hot dog is 30 pesos. Chips, 30 pesos. Burrito, 30 pesos. You can only add 1,500 pesos per day. I have no pesos. I want to get a pin for the phone. Go to check with the guard. They don't have me set up in the system yet. Rudy helped me with that. I called Megan. It is so hard to hear her voice. I get choked up every time I talk to her at first. After about five minutes, I'm good. I talked to Ronnie and Madison. Seems like everybody has a purpose. It was my best hour I've had all month. God, I'm so grateful for my family. After the hour, I got my hair cut. Megan and Ronnie are coming to see me tomorrow. I'm really excited for my visit. You might wonder why I'm getting my hair cut. If your hair is too long and not freshly buzzed, they'll send you back to your room when you come down for visits. They check it before you go out to the yard. When I got back, I wrote in my journal again. This is what I wrote. Man, I can't wait. After yard, we went back to the cell and it's buzzing with action. People are trading food and snacks. Thursday night, the cell hall looks like a fast food trash can. Styrofoam containers all over the hall, empty two liter bottles. I got called abogado today. That's attorney. Well, I said new attorney. Sarah's my old attorney. We're not gonna be using her after this. She's so nice but I don't know if she knows how to get me out of here. The change is a long story, and I think it mostly has to do with her having ideals of some sort of justice in this country. 
At least that's the feeling that I'm getting. But after my talk with Primo, I know that all that matters is my attorney knows the DA so I can get out of here. I don't think she knows the DA. Juan in the cell signed his transfer to Alongo. He'll be leaving soon. He got sentenced to 10 years. He'll serve five. Also, this means I'll get a bunk. Tonight was the Thursday night feast. It included huevos rancheros, hot dogs, hamburgers, machaca burritos. Tonight's drama was haircuts in the cell. The guards have been checking hair length. They offer haircuts at the yard. Takes about five to seven minutes. Peter wants to cut his hair in the cell. If they get caught cutting his hair, we're gonna be in trouble. It's pretty interesting how they cut their hair. They take three phone cards, which are like a sample credit card, heat up the edges and kind of weld them together. They cut a jagged notch across the short end of it. In the middle, at the top of the card, they'll slide in a shaving razor. That's about the gauge of the thickness of where you cut your hair. Then they drag it across their scalp and it shaves their head. It's a pretty big ordeal, but the guys don't want to spend five or seven minutes standing in line to get their head buzzed. Kind of weird, but there's always something. Tonight, there was a big cell shakeup and a meeting. All kinds of lame drama. The guys stay up late, like one o'clock in the morning, singing, laughing, and eating chips and doing all kinds of stuff. Eddie likes to get up early. Me and Santo sleep on the floor. Eddie wants to work out. I like to work out. So when Eddie gets up, he looks over at me and he's like, you want to work out, bro? Yeah. He says, tell Santos to hit my bunk. So Santos then gets off the floor and sleeps on Eddie's bunk while we work out in the available floor space of the cell, which is about five and a half feet wide by six and a half feet deep, standing on opposite sides. One's against the bunk, one's against the bars, facing each other. We'll drop and do push-ups or burpees or whatever we need to do. The problem is, we're doing this between six bunks and there's guys sleeping underneath the bunks. So we try to be courteous and quiet, but it's only nine o'clock in the morning. So these guys like to sleep late because they've been up all night making all kinds of noise. So the end result for the meeting, I bring in my piece and I let them know it's a two-way street. If they are gonna be courteous at night, then we can maybe have a compromise. We were working out at about eight o'clock in the morning, then we've moved it to now nine to give everybody enough time to get their beauty rest. Still pretty lame and a lot like high school drama. Since tomorrow's visiting day, everybody's making sure they did laundry. And after you do your laundry, you roll up your bunk mat and you lay your clothes underneath the bunk mat. That's how you iron or press your clothes for the morning. Everybody does what it takes to be fresh and clean. There's a super huge line in the morning to use the restroom and get showered and cleaned up. So you can either get cleaned up the night before and be ready in the morning or get up early. Me, I've always gotten up 5.30, 6 o'clock. So I have no problem getting up early, hopping in the ice cold shower, washing my clothes and using the bathroom in about a 15 minute window. In the morning, everybody's getting their deliveries from the night before. They traded bags of chips for bracelets made of tinfoil. They've traded cookies for a rose made of paper. 
all kinds of gifts and things that they'll bring to their loved ones. I keep thinking I should have something made for Megan. And then I think, I don't want anything that reminds me of this place. I just want to see my wife so bad. I'm super excited for this morning. I can't believe it. I'm finally going to get to see my family. This is my journal entry from Friday, April 1st. Ronnie and I get to visit Bill. It was a long, hard, emotional day. We are only allowed to visit because Sarah, our attorney, is good friends with the director. We drive to Calexico Thursday so that we can get across the border first thing Friday morning. Ronnie and I have to get passes at the prison office before entering. There's always a line and never enough people behind the glass helping to move things along. This is quite a process. We wait in line. Someone tries to cut in line and there's a little argument that takes place with the family members of inmates waiting in line. Because I don't speak the language, I feel anxious. Madison, Ronnie's boyfriend at the time, is with us and he speaks Spanish because he served a mission in Chile. He lets us know why they're arguing and is quickly resolved by one of the workers at the offices. This is another blessing. He helps us in communicating. We have to have copies and originals of all kinds of documents, get our pictures taken and get fingerprinted. It takes about an hour to get through the line and get our passes. From here, we go to another line outside that gets us past the first gate. After we show our passes to the guards at the first gate, we are directed to some windows it reminds me of windows at a bank. There are three windows. Two are used to verify your pass, and the last window is used to put money onto the inmate's account. You must do this separately. Ronnie and I stay together. They take my pass and verify me, but when they get to Ronnie, something is not right. About two weeks ago, I never thought that I would be in the middle of Mexicali outside of the prison getting yelled at by a prison guard. All I thought I signed up to do was help my mom pay a visit to my dad, and I thought that my Spanish would be helpful because she didn't know any Spanish. Turns out that my Spanish was not as good as I remember. As we entered the jail and I'm getting my visit card checked, the prison guard starts speaking to me very quickly in Spanish, and pretty soon I realized there's an issue, but I can't quite understand what it is. I was trying to ask questions in pretty simple Spanish. I was trying to convey to her that my Spanish wasn't very good either. She kept speaking very fast and she was trying to make phone calls and I was pretty confused as to what the issue with my card was. And because we're holding up the line and I'm still trying to talk to my mom, the prison guard starts motioning behind her and saying, go, go. And I don't know what she's talking about, but I get out of line and I walk back over to my boyfriend who's still waiting outside of the prison, who speaks better Spanish than me, thankfully. And we go back into the social services office and we try and figure out what's wrong with my card. Along the way, the director of the social services office joins us and walks me back through the line into the jail and through the checkpoints where I finally see my mom standing in the line by herself. She looks very worried and she's on the verge of tears. We're now standing in a line with all of the women who came to visit male family members and loved ones. Ahead of us are five doors and they're all opening and closing and the women are just being waved through. 
once we get up to the doors, they let us go in together because they are asking me if my mom knows Spanish and I was saying no, so they let us go together into a room to get what we probably assumed was a pat down. But it turns out it's a full strip search. I turn around and I see Ronnie and I give her a big hug. I'm so grateful to have her by my side. We get to the front of that line and we're directed into an individual room. There's one female officer and Ronnie and I go in together. We're asked to remove our shoes, lift up our bras, pull down our pants and spread our legs. We'd been instructed in advance of what we could and could not wear. Our tops needed to be colored t-shirts, no black, white, navy, or gray. No words or pictures, no v-necks, no sleeveless, just plain. No wire bras, no leggings or tight jeans, no skirts, no makeup, only slip-on tennis shoes. We'd spent the previous evening at the Walmart in Calexico making sure that we couldn't be denied access based on our clothing. We were told that we would be turned away. My t-shirt was a coral color and we had purchased a sports bra for me to wear, but you could see the outline of my bra underneath and she made a comment about it. When she asked me to pull down my pants, she could tell how uncomfortable I was and that I had been crying. Ronnie tried to explain to her a little of the situation and she let us through, but warned us to be more careful next time or we may not be able to visit. At each stop, you get a different stamp on your arm, so by the time you leave, you have four stamps. You pass through a large metal turnabout gate, walk past another guard who opens a large locked door, and you enter the yard. Megan's supposed to be here with my daughter, Ronnie. I'm really looking forward to it. I hope they come. She promised, and she always delivers. Visits are from 8 to 12.30. The guards come down the hall with a piece of paper with your name on it. First to go is Weto, then Winnie, then Pilot. Shoot, it's 8.30. Did they forget? Did they make it? What's going on? I'm talking to Eddie. I asked if he had a visitor today. He said he didn't want his mom strip searched. Oh, crap. I didn't even think about that. My wife and daughter are going to have to be strip searched. Jeez. Of course, this is prison. Now Rudy gets called. I'm starting to get bummed out. Then the guard comes up with a look of confusion on his face. Facilitate. It's me. They're here. Ronnie and I are walking towards the common area where we see tables set up with inmates and their families sitting around them. It's surrounded by a chain link fence and there's a path coming from a large building. At the end of this path are the inmates waiting for their visitors to arrive. I get out of the cell, emotion stirring. Am I going to cry? How will they look? I come down the stairs to the waiting area. As you exit the building, you're standing in an area that's about 50 by 50, and they've got caution tape across it. You have to stand there all together as prisoners. You look down about a hundred yards if you see someone from your family walk up to the guard. You're standing behind this line and you can't move forward until you see your family. It's quite a distance. 
everybody that's standing around me has roses or little ships or toys made for their kids, all made out of things in the prison, whether it's a dream catcher or a four-wheeler made completely out of aluminum foil. These guys sure are creative in here. It's pretty interesting, but I don't care. I just want to see my family. There's about 30 of us behind this line. As everybody stands there talking, all the prisoners were talking to each other about, what's going on with your case? Did you make a deal with the DA yet? What are you looking at for time? Those are the conversations that are going back and forth. Rudy sees his mom, he goes. Montoya sees his mom, he goes next. Another dozen people, then Santos' sister is here, he goes. Then I see him. Here come Megan and Ronnie. Bill sees us and starts walking towards the entrance to the common area. I don't even recognize that this is my husband. His head is shaved and they all wear the same exact clothing. Gray t-shirt, gray sweatpants, and white slip-on vans. He kind of waves and then I know it's him. We hug and I give him a kiss and then we're led to a table to sit at. I'm looking at Megan, but I've got a mask on. My head is shaved and I've probably lost 20 pounds so far. I see her and I say, hey babe, through the mask, choking as I get emotional. She looks at me, she's not sure who I am. I pull my mask down and instead of the friendly goatee I always have, I have a military style mustache. My daughter looks just as surprised. They see me and as much as I didn't want to do what everyone else does, when they see each other, they stop and embrace right there in the walkway. So me having a plan, as soon as they recognize me, my daughter's eyes are as big as silver dollars because she can't believe what I look like. I pull them through and we walk off to the side and that's where we start to hug as we're walking because I want to hurry up and get to a table so we can sit and spend some time together. Holy crap, this is hard. I just have tears flowing down my face. My wife's never seen me cry like this. This is now the first time my two real worlds come together, and it's super hard. I'm fighting back all kinds of emotions. I can see my daughter's brain trying to process all the things she's seeing. I hold Megan. Oh, how much I miss feeling her skin. I've dreamed about this. We sit down. I'm having trouble speaking because of my emotions. We piece together conversation. After about five minutes, I calm down and start talking mostly about my situation at first. We talk about how different it is out here and how things people are doing to help are possibly making things worse. My wife starts telling me about the crazy ride she's been on. Seems like she's chasing ghosts, thinking she's coming to get me, only to be disappointed. I can see the frustration in her eyes. Driving six hours with a bag of clothes, with my favorite energy drink and a cup of ice, and the idea of rescuing me. I love her so much. My daughter asks why everything is so dilapidated. I tell her that it's just Mexico. They don't fix anything here. All the money goes to the people that are holding you for ransom. None of it goes into the system. I can tell she's shocked. Rudy and his mom are to the right next to us. He gets up to go get food. If I get up now, I'll be in line for like a half an hour. So Rudy tells me just to chill with my family. He'll bring us back some stuff. I had my wife send his mom some money, so he's got some extra money on his books that he can pick some stuff up for me. 
As I'm sitting there, all of a sudden they start calling my name on the PA. They call me twice. I go up to the PA and they hand me a slip in Spanish. I see Mike and I'm like, Mike, what does this say? He looks on the slip and he says, oh, you need to go to the library. I'm like, I'm not going to the library. I'm sitting here with my family. I sit down and we continue talking about my situation and how this is so messed up and this has screwed up our whole life. Rudy gets back, gives us two piles of food, hot dogs, french fries. I'm having fried chicken. Ronnie goes for the hot dog. I didn't tell her it's not the same as the hot dogs in the States. I wait to see her face. She realizes pretty quickly they taste quite a bit different. We continue our conversation about the matter at hand. The new lawyer and the stranger, what she's been trying to do from the other side. We talk about how things will be different when I get back. Man, this time flew by. The visit's over. We have to get up. I go to hug my daughter. She's crying. I can now see that Megan's starting to get really upset. All the visitors have to stand up against the line against the walls that are marched out single file line. And all the inmates are called over to a holding area. I keep looking back to try to get eye contact with Megan. She looks over and I mouth to her that I love her. I walk through the fence into the holding area, which is an outdoor area. Of course, the place is a buzz because everybody has goods to take back to the cell. I didn't buy anything. I didn't want to get up and lose any time with my family. As we start to walk back up into the cell, everyone has to get strip searched. This is new. I didn't know this was happening. So they line us up, 10 against the wall. Everybody strips butt naked, puts your hands on the back of your head, elbows to the sky, squat three times while coughing, and then move your stuff around so they can check, then get dressed and back up to your cell. That wasn't fun. Also unexpected, but I'm still on a high from seeing my family. It's the most difficult feeling to experience that I'm so happy that I saw people that I love and I know that I'm not gonna see them for a while. I'm now going back to this 12 by 16 cell with 18 other people. I'm lost in a while thinking about my family, daydreaming about being back home and trying to disconnect myself from this miserable place. One of the good things after talking with Megan and information she gave me from the visit is the new lawyer says he should have me out of here in about three weeks. Who knows? Dinner is a potluck of everything brought back from the visit. I'm really bummed out now, feeling like it was a dream. After dinner, Eddie and I head down to medical we get put in the side cell for about an hour. Eddie and I talk about our cases and whatever comes to mind. We get back to medical holding area and that's about a seven foot by 20 foot fenced area inside of a building with one bench seven foot wide. They cuff you from behind and they cuff you on the ankles too. There's already 15 people in there. They're calling all the people that need insulin first. I'm in there for blood pressure check. After us being in there about an hour, they call Eddie in. He goes to see the nurse. He's there for about 10 minutes. I stay in that fenced area for another two hours, waiting to see the nurse. There's four of us in here now. One guy's from Fresno. He speaks English. The big guy next to me, he's been in there for 14 years. He's here for murder. He's a big guy. 
260, 270, talks with a crazy lisp. Since he's been there this long, he's telling everybody based on all the history that he's had there of people he's seen come in and out about how long they'll do in respect of time. He looks at me and he says, what are you here for? Arma. Your gun? Yes. Uh, no problem. You take a shower, you go home. What does that mean? Maybe four months, maybe six, you go home. No problem. Four months or six, that's not what I'm trying to hear. Overall, my time there was four hours. Way too long. Saturday, April 2nd, 2022, day 26. Today is Theo's 13th birthday. I'm bumming out hard. I wake up at 5 a.m. Breakfast is chorizo and eggs, super dry, and I can hardly swallow it down. I go back to bed, wake up around 8.30. Eddie's going to work out, so I join him. We're interrupted by lunch. They served it at 10.40. The debate of the night was workout time again. Saturday is talacha. They pull everything off the floor, and then they scrub the entire floor. We have a 55-gallon barrel in our cell that we used to fill with water because after 9 a.m., there's no water on the third floor. So we use the 55-gallon bucket to flush the toilet or take a bucket shower. The problem is after about a week, the water starts to get rank in there, even when you keep cycling it day after day. So part of the talacha is they dump out that bucket, bleach it, and scrub it. When they scrub the floor with water, they soak up all the water with blankets. They scrub their blankets with soap and the water that's on the floor. And then they wring them out. One guy on each end of the blanket and they just keep twisting and twisting and twisting until the blanket double and triple knots over. Whenever they get an opportunity for a guard to come by, they ask the guard or a worker that's walking by to hang it up by the bars on the outside of the wall of the prison. Everybody's on a rotation for Talasha. You'll do it one Saturday sooner or later, unless someone who has no money offers to do your Talacha for you for a burrito. That's a no-brainer. Tonight, in Spanish on TV, is an M. Night Shyamalan movie with the old people. I don't remember the name. But Pilot jump-scared me. He laughed for a good 20 minutes about it. I went to bed at 12.30, midnight. The next morning, breakfast is at 5 o'clock. Yogurt and fruit, no thanks. I waited for 20 minutes to go back to bed. My shoulder and hips were killing me from sleep on the concrete. My first lawyer, Sarah, said she left a sleep cushion here for me. 26 days in and I got nothing. Lunch was at 10.40 today. Some kind of stew, carrots and chicken, beans. The movie's in Spanish. Today, first, it's The Punisher. Second, The Hulk, circa 2003. It's so crazy. I sit here and watch these movies that I'd never sit and watch, and I'm thinking, I wish I was at home watching these with my kid. As much as I wouldn't want to be sitting watching movies, I'd give anything to be home, spend this time with my family. I decided not to go to medical today. I didn't want to get stuck. Mike stopped by, and I got some toothpaste. I forgot yesterday they delivered a pack of socks and a new t-shirt. I'm thankful for that. Today I finished reading the Book of Mormon. I can't believe it, two weeks. I always said if I had time, I would. I'd work out, I'd read my scriptures. I got plenty of time, 
And that's what I'm doing now. We're watching Avenger Infinity Wars right now. Only fitting since yesterday was my son's birthday. All day I've been thinking about him. I hope he had a great birthday. I promise I'll make it up to when I get home. It's about 8.30 p.m. right now. I didn't work out when Eddie started. I was reading my scriptures. I'm so tired of it here. Three more weeks is way too long. They better do way less than that. I'm supposed to see my new attorney and Mr. Cabo on Wednesday. I just got back from visiting with my contact in here. I'm not happy with the news that I just got. They said the DA's real upset because of what I said at court. Unfortunately, that's what I was advised to do by my attorney. Hopefully when I meet this new attorney and Mr. Cabo, they'll be able to get things worked out. Monday, day 27, 5 a.m. was breakfast, scrambled eggs, ham, some hot sauce. It was good. Pilot got called out to medical today for his leg. So after breakfast, I got to crash in his bunk for a while instead of the concrete. I went to sleep, thought about Megan a lot. Woke up around 8.30, guard came by and he had a pass for me for some kind of school or something. So I went down, the pass was for 10 o'clock and it was 9.15. So they sent me in a holding cell to the side. It was apparently to meet with some kind of social workers. It was an outdoor meeting at a plastic cheap table. All three people were asking the same info, name, date of birth, born. They set me up with the AA class, go figure. After that, I went back to the holding area. They were serving lunch now. So I got back to the cell about one o'clock. That burned five hours, better than sitting here. I keep hoping things are gonna go fast. Every time I hear the door open from the cell and hear the guard coming down, I keep thinking that they're gonna tell me I'm getting released and things are happening. It's so frustrating not to know what's going on. It's kind of dumb to think that, but it kind of gives me something to look forward to. I'm going out to go to medical now. I just need to get a break from the space. Eddie, Rudo, and Weto are working out right now. Lunch with stew. Dinner with some kind of soup again. The days are getting a lot longer now because it's spring. It's hot today, 95 degrees in the cell, and it's muggy. Tuesday, day 28. Woke up at 4.30 before breakfast. Potatoes au gratin, not for me. Pilot was called to medical again, so I slept in his bunk. Julio and Weto went out to conjugal. Their wives weren't coming today, but they just wanted to get out of the cell. Got up at 8.30, and I worked out with Jacinto and Pollo. 160 burpees, 50 leg raises, 150 bicycles, 50 decline military push-ups. Showered in laundry after that. It's super hot today. Eddie moved his fan, which was on Joshua's bunk. I found out today that Pilot is going to be going in for some kind of surgery. Eddie told me I'm going to get his bunk. Julio's upset about that. Lunch was chicken and carrots, too. I go to medical today, hopefully get some good news. Tomorrow I'm supposed to meet Mr. Cabo and the attorney. I pray for good news. Randall's a new guy in here. He's from San Diego. He's in 303, I think. He got charged with a weapons charge. Same thing I did. He was coming across the border with his wife and kids in their boat to go fishing down in San Felipe where he's got a little house. He was shooting with his son the week before. 
He forgot his pistol in his car too. They told me a couple days ago that there was another guy on the first floor that he was coming up this week. Everybody said, hey, Bill, there's another gringo from the States here. Same thing as you, buddy. Same thing as you. When Randall was coming up by his new cell, he stopped by the cell, said Mike told him he got my number to use the phone. So I look forward to Thursday for yard. They said one o'clock. I need to call Andrew. I'm so proud of my son. I like to speak to my boys too. I miss my family so much. I'm so mad that I was here on Theo's birthday. This show is hosted by me, Bill Sagrinos. Music and audio engineering are by Ryan Connect. Thanks so much for listening. If you're enjoying this story so far and want to show support, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts.